So good morning, Johanna. Morning, Liam. How are you? Uh, I am perky. Obviously, it is the day before England's second lockdown, so I'm currently on a social binge. Um, see. I'm just not perky at all. The whole <laughs> thing is making me thoroughly depressed. Well, fortunately, you can't escape it, I don't think. So, got to do what you can. I know, I just want to get on my duvet and stay there. <laughs> oh, take those walks on the stormy coast. Fun, upbeat music. Oh, I don't think anything saved me. I don't think even 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 putting my Christmas tree up early has not saved me. Even seeing me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's just all that cold weather, isn't it? It just makes you want to get into the duvet. Uh potentially I, I don't have that issue, but yeah. Gotta be perky. You can see the sea from where you are anyway. I can see the sea and it is currently a blue sky and it doesn't appear to be windy. Hoorah, because I think for the last three weeks it has either been pouring with rain or been really windy every single day. And I've not been able to get out into the garden. Um, it's been hard to go for walks because the coastal walkway has been blocked because it's been flooded. It's just been... <laughs> So right. it's just, I, I guess that's the small mercy is that now going into lockdown, the weather's getting better. <laughs> that's what happened the first time around. Also, it you're, is. you're the one considering moving to the wildest north of Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> weather's not going to be any better up there. Uh, well, allegedly, it's not going to be as windy, but who knows? I've, I've, I think it has been extraordinarily windy this year. Right. Um, because I... in the summer, it was quite windy. So question for you, put you on the spot, pop quiz. It is, what's the date today? 4th of November? 4th of November. November. Should you want to go to Scotland tomorrow, can you go? Yes, you can, but you can't stop anywhere in England on the way. <laughs> so you are allowed to travel there, are you? <laughs> well, it's, well, you see, it's, 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 quite, it's an interesting point, isn't it? Because so much of the... Um, the legislation is not necessarily illegal it's guidance and I know we've debated this many times before and the thing is that on a current the guidance that is intended to come in is that it actually states that you you can only um I can't remember the exact words but you can only travel for a reason of which they're Things like work, um, medical emergencies, um, all of those, all of those types of things. Now, the thing is, in in the current guidance, in the in lockdown mark one, yeah, all the estate agents closed. Yeah, they're not closing this time, so you can still have house viewings. Right. So, um, in in terms of this conversation, um, we currently have our house on the market and we are thinking of moving to Scotland. And in Scotland, of course, because of devolved powers, they're not in lockdown at the moment. So despite the fact that bars, restaurants and hotels are closed in England, they're not necessarily all closed in Scotland. So given that um, I mean, we, are, we are thinking of moving to Pitlockry, that is our, um, our intended destination. If we were to receive an offer on our house, 
as long as we drive straight up to Scotland, we can still do that within the context of the law. Right. And also we could probably also, because also the guidance has kind of changed a bit on public transport as well, is we could probably, if we could get a ticket, also travel by train. Because the guidance is to avoid journeys now rather than any particular type of transport. So the guidance has changed from being avoiding journeys, if you can, but active transport, e.g. walking and cycling, is to be encouraged. Yeah. Although I don't fancy at this time of year cycling to Scotland, but it would be allowable. <laughs> the wind would blow you that way. <laughs> Actually, the wind has been in the right direction to do that because it has mainly been coming from, from the south and going north rather than because normally at this time of year, you would expect the prevailing wind to actually start coming a bit, being a bit more um, northwesterly or, com or coming from, from Scandinavia because of the, the um, jet stream. But it has predominantly been from, from the southwest. So, um, so the weather has, that's what's made the weather abnormally warm for the time of year. Yes, and also I was just looking at some of the rail websites, which in springtime has a huge blasted message saying essential travel only. Um, I think the benefit of the fact that the railways also go to Scotland and Wales means that there's no messaging saying essential travel only, um, because obviously they can't. Obviously, if you're travelling in Wales and Scotland, you can travel as you like. I think <laughs> so. Don't even, uh, but. Uh, yeah, no, they just they, just they are discovered in Wales, though, which is slightly different to Scotland. I think they do want to, unless you're traveling for work, they do want to discourage cross border travel, don't they? Right. I mean, like, it's you it's a subtle, it's I mean, like it's not it's not banned. Well, I don't I mean, like this is all the thing, isn't it, about how you police everything and that because it, you know, as Wales with some of the when they went into their lockdown when they got into their rules um, um, about what what's an essential purchase and what isn't and you kind of think well who deems what's essential because if say for example you know a cooking utensil may not appear today to be essential you need it, you need because, it. Because, because I have a pot but you know, you know, so say say I only have one pot and the handle falls off or a hole burns in the bottle in the bottom of it or something. Well you like got someone coming around for dinner. <laughs> but that's not allowed in the rules. You know that. <laughs> but you know, it's that type of thing. So what today isn't essential, tomorrow will potentially could be. You know, so it's it's a really difficult, you know judgment call you know to for people to you know because it's a bit like you know what's you know you know because journeys become can become is you know may not be essential today but can become essential tomorrow you know because somebody might say yeah and it is you know you know within the context of buying and selling houses if we sold our house today yeah is it is the question is it essential for us to travel to look for a house and that very much depends on the position of our buyer, doesn't it? Because if we can say to our buyer, well, we can't travel at the moment. Are you OK to wait till the new year? Yeah. 
they might say yes we're fine but you know they might be in a position where they you know because of the complications of chains or their rent they might be on a on a deadline themselves but not only just that but what will you know depending on a lot of people what's fueling the the um a lot of people moving in the english markets england and wales markets of course is the stamp duty holiday so that pressure in the new year to complete on house sales is going to become a bigger imperative before the deadline on 31st of march unless of course the government is worrying about what's you know what's further coming down the line in in terms of um, recession and house price collapses and and the whole economic indicators so they might want to put more stimulus into the housing market so they might extend the stamp duty holiday so so we benefit from that in in terms of the uk in terms of england but um they haven't had a holiday in um, in scotland so we still have to pay the full stamp duty all right so nicola if you're if you're listening because i know i know she probably does <laughs> we'd like a stamp duty holiday in scotland too <laughs> just stay with us down here in england but but um just um i like just um on to i because there's been some interesting things happening in um transport i think in the last couple of weeks which we're going to probably explore more about in future podcasts um and i also saw popped up um in relation to one of those areas is about is public transport safe so i think we want to try and get some experts into um to explain some of the um rssb work that's being done on this but also i saw pop up this morning um i'm just going to see if i can um bring up the article actually if i can find it um about london transport um this this was on this was on the bbc news actually so so um and london the headline actually says london's transport network tests negative for covid19 yeah so I think that's quite interesting. So this was work done out by, um, com, done by scientists from Imperial College, um, London, um, which is directly related to um, to the cleaning regime that that's put in place. But I think also it backs up the research, perhaps not so much the fact that because I think when we started at the beginning of March on the pandemic, is that because we knew so little everything was a, a worry yeah yeah and i think what we what we are increasingly finding and this is obviously why one of the reasons why certain things are closing and why there's lockdown because a lot of it is to do with the situation you're in aerosols so that's obviously why we should all wear masks whether whether we're traveling around or on public transport or or at work or whatever so so it's really important because that is that is what spreads it in the same way so when people say you know it's like a cold or it's like flu in some ways it is like that because those are the kinds of things you know aerosols are quite important in spreading those types of viruses and and that around your know, network so so overall because of what we're doing we might actually find there's less flu <laughs> yes but um, so, I think, next year. <laughs> so I think you know how we how we promote that message in terms of you know getting you know when we you know go as we go into 2021 in terms of you know public transport is safe yes 
and you know, and backed up by the RSSB research as well, which shows in comparison to all the overall risks when you use public transport. And I know you have some interesting ideas, you know, about how uh, people who avoid public transport are quite happy to get on a plane to go to Spain for two weeks. Yeah, I mean, because I always, people don't think of planes being public transport, but I always do. They are public transport. Slightly more enclosed. (laughs) But I think, I don't know why, but maybe people just think of um, planes because you tend to go on a, on holiday or a business trip they just have a more of a luxurious feel whereas your everyday journey feels more like a distress purchase rather than something you do for a distinct purpose or pleasure or whatever so maybe there's you know ideas that you know need to be explored there not but- sure too many people think sitting at the back of a run airplane is a luxurious proposition but people don't think of it as public transport though do they you don't it's true yeah when you think of it in the context of um but it is because you can have a private plane too which is apparently very popular now i've heard but did you see the did you hear the prices like if you wanted to go to the south of france i i, I heard i think was this um what's it was on it was on um, one of the radio four programs um about businesses and the growth growth of um that i think it was a, a private plane to the south of france twenty five thousand pounds and i was thought who has that source of money <laughs> millionaires had that sort of funny but money but they were kind of saying that you know sort of like you know the middle classes have this i was thinking where do where do people get all this money from i often wonder that when i see all these suvs and range rovers and that all around i think who can afford these hundred grand cars (laughs) Uh, a lot of people out there also when you sell your house you'll have loads of money loads of money you can go (laughs) (laughs) that's not a central trip <laughs> Moving house is not essential. No, going to the holiday to the south of France on a private. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. But of course, it's all those people that went on holiday in the summer that are all to blame for for the for the increasing cases. We should have just kept the borders closed. <laughs> I see. Right. But um, I guess really, I mean, so so there's that sort of like messaging isn't there about you know how it is safe, yeah, and that the risk is no greater than anywhere else. So you know, exploring that and getting that message out. But um, I think as we enter into, you know, lockdown mark two, I think there are serious issues um, for for transport in, in, in the UK. Well, not just the UK, but, but worldwide. And I think, I mean, obviously we're closer to this market, but, you know, in other things that have been in the news this week, you know, more more government support needed for transport for London yeah and what that's going to mean for for Londoners and given that a lot of Londoners do rely on public transport and and how that continue yeah and particularly some of the because some of the most um deprived communities are in London I mean everyone thinks of London being this big wealth creator but there are a lot of working class low class clean you know low class workers that london relies on yeah and they re- and they rely on public transport and particularly buses because they are cheaper than the other public transport and they go to more areas so what that means but um i think also of concern is that um it was announced that hull trains are once again having to um stop services yes because obviously the um open access operators are receiving no government support 
And yeah, you're very curious to know uh, the demand on their services over the last few months since they have restarted. Do you have any insight into that? I don't, but we can find out. <laughs> so I think, yeah, because um, they haven't been up and running for much, have they? About 10, 12 weeks, maybe? Because yeah. obviously they stopped. But uh, I just wonder how, um, whether it was a commercial, commercially viable venture, even with the suppressed transport demand at the moment. And what do you mean by that? As in, transport's obviously, rail travel's obviously like 30, 30 low, mid 30% of normal. Um, so if you're an open access operator, is it commercially viable to operate with 30% of your passengers? Or have they had more than 30% and the commuter services are much lower? Yeah, which is quite interesting because some of the, um, because, um, hull trains probably in themselves probably don't have huge amounts of commuting traffic. No. So much of their market will be leisure and business. And I, I, I know that they do have a lot of business travel from Hull into London, but with working from home and that, that's probably been, um, been severely reduced. But of course, um, we, um, we know that um, some trends through the, through um, statistics and access to figures that we have, that the the peak has changed and there's been more leisure travel. Yeah, peak but that still is not enough to make up for the no commuting market. Uh, no, except if everyone's buying individual tickets in money terms, that's more income per person than a commuting ticket, which is all season tickets. I guess it depends on how many of those are you buying. Because how much do you think you've saved this year? Me? With not travelling as much. Um, in a personal capacity, I shouldn't imagine very much. So I still travel quite a lot. <laughs> but um, business travel has disappeared. And business is when you just kind of travel where you needed to at the times you needed to so it was more it was more expensive yeah but that's evaporated see because i've i in terms of i don't know, i think my bus travel living in brighton has it's been reduced but it's still been pretty frequent mm. yeah i know I've, I've probably gone from traveling most days to maybe only two or three times a week on a bus Right. And that will probably reduce again during the lockdown because there's no way to go anymore. <laughs> but in terms of my you overall... that one person in public. <laughs> keep walking. I have got to go to the dentist on Monday, so I will get the bus on Monday. <laughs> I have been doing a lot of walking as well. And that's one of the reasons why I've reduced my bus travel because I've doing, been doing a lot more walking um, because one of the things that the pandemic has given me is the gift of time yeah so I don't think you know I don't think any I mean it takes me an hour and a quarter to walk into Brighton and before I was always in a rush whereas now I, I'm not so much in a rush so I take the opportunity to walk because I can when when the coast isn't flooded I can walk along the coast and so it's a lovely walk walking by the sea 
Right. So you have that. So you have that scenery. But um, in terms of travel overall, I have saved thousands. What you can do with all your money? <laughs> Move house. <laughs> um, has it made a, a noticeable difference to your finances being at home all the time? Yes. <laughs> I have, like, um, I think probably like a lot of people, I've been able to save my salary. Right. Because I'm not, I'm a, in the concert, I'm like, probably if you were to look, because isn't it great, banking apps now, just going completely off t- tangent, is that they tell you every month what you were spending. And I probably used to spend eight, nine hundred pounds a month on travel. Yeah. Easily, you know, for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, when, I mean, when I used to, before we moved to Brighton and we lived in, um, in the Midlands, £12,000 a year I used to spend on travelling. Yeah. Going into London. That was my London costs. Yeah. So there are a lot of people saving that type of money. Yes. And that's money which is not taxed, but that 12,000 was pretty much going to the a public asset of the railways. And now that 12,000 is probably going to the drinking fund. The drink- <laughs> <laughs> With less money going into the system. I have got a rather nice cocktail cabinet. <laughs> but do you know understand what I mean? It's like that you were subsidising other people who needed to rely on public transport network, whereas now none of that money is going in because no one, there's no fares. No, but I guess, and that always comes back to what you know what I've said before is, it's I'm not I'm not fearful of travelling, and I want I I would say I don't want to go back to the life I had, because you can never go back. But I do want to return to being able to meet people and network and have workshops and things like that. And I think I will go, I will go, I, I won't be spending that sort of money in the future. Well, unless it all goes up hugely because we've got to pay for it. But I you've will- got those, You've got those commuting trips from Pit Lockery. Well, the sleeper is going to be my choice. You, you know, but you can't get um, you can't get um, season tickets on the on the the um, sleeper, can you? Because that will probably be my new new way of travelling. The sleeper. Well, I had a lovely trip on it to Pet Lockery just in September. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, rounding us off is we. Uh, you mentioned about workshops, travelling to workshops. We cannot travel to it, but we have one next week, don't we? We do, yes. So on one of our themes, one of the key themes that we've been discussing with our members, reimagining the future of ticketing. And I know that you've been doing research in advance, so give us some insight from your research. <laughs> now that has put me on the spot because I didn't re- 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 read my own research before. <laughs> before, um, before we came on the podcast. <laughs> Um, I think, yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say anything insightful because I think the only insightful thing I can say is that the system we have in the UK, was, you know, regardless of whether you talk about season tickets or the orange tickets or 
or even some of the reform that has happened over the last 15, 20 years. And I'm only talking about sort of, you know, really buses and, um, and national rail. I'm not talking so much about TfL in, in this context, but it is an analog system built for the 20th century and it has not changed. And my challenge for rail and rail innovation group and transport providers and local authorities, and that is, if we don't change it now, when will we? During lockdown three. Because the great thing about when things get upset like this, yeah is that you're pretty much starting from a blank piece of paper again and you can really look at you know what people need what are the new requirements are because if we really do want to get people back into and I'm and I'm not even going to use the word public transport but I'm going to say using the right transport for the right journey at the right time then we really do need to look at people's needs and that's about ticketing it's about fares about how we um talk to people because i think that's the that's the only way that we can build it back better and i think it's the only way that we can seriously look at reducing car use yeah because the climate emergency has not gone away and one of the key drivers to removing car, car uses is um, getting, getting the system right and getting the pricing right. And that does include cars within that, because whilst there is a big drive to get people to purchase electric cars and that that will get rid of diesel particulates and all the other you know, problems that come with congestion, at the end of the day, an electric car still takes up the same space as a diesel or a petrol car. Yeah. And also a lot of the pollution doesn't just come from the fumes. It also comes from things like the brake dust and the tires and things like that. So, so you don't just remove the problem by changing the where your energy comes from for the transport. So we have to look at it holistically and we have to look at it within the context of transport as a service or mobility, as, no matter how you want to do it. It's bigger than just one form of transport. Yeah. And I think that's why where you look at countries where they are making inroads into um, that, they look at it holistically and they look at, you know, helping people make the right decision to the journey they're making. Okay. So that's my insight. <laughs> Good things to come. Uh, so that's next next week. So looking forward to that with some of our members having that round table and um, bringing out research. And I just promoted again the survey that we're doing on SurveyMonkey. So if you look at, the, at our link for Rail Innovation Group, you will see a link to our survey about ticketing and what people think that should look at. So you can also get involved in the conversation. Wonderful. All right. Well, that was a lovely day. I'm seeing you in a few hours anyway for a meeting, but uh, yes, munch and learn. Munch and learn. Looking forward to it. <laughs> See you again. See you later. Bye-bye.
Cool. Okay, is that all right? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think people find our missives interesting? Uh, it's content. It's just content. Just keep pumping out content. Whether they do or not, it's just content. Because, <laughs> because I'm going to stop recording this now. Uh,